You are listening to a message from Thrive Community Church, a church located in Southwest Florida. For more info, visit us at thrive-fl.org. Who's ever heard this? Are you judging me? Stop judging me. Or I love this one, uh, advertisement for an athletic club, judgment-free zone. So what we're going to wrestle with today is the issue in our world of tension and difficulties and wrestling with various polarities. Uh, Is a Christian supposed to judge or not or under certain circumstances or never at all? Is being judgmental the same thing as being judged? Get the log out. In a culture of polarization and tension, we're called to make judgments and avoid being judgmental. But how do you know the difference? How can you tell if you are making a judgment that is both valuable and helpful, secure and safe, and being judgmental? What's the difference? When does one begin and the other end? I think that we have a, we have a hard time getting the log out, which is Jesus' metaphor for struggling with our own issues. How many of us are struggling with our own issues and see those other issues in others? Or in order to make sure that others don't find us or see us for who we are, strike first and say, this is what you're doing wrong. I think I found the reason why so many of us have the log in our eyes. It's because day in, day out, we are being instructed to log in. Anybody, I expected more of a response than that. <laughs> that's as good as it gets around here. Is, uh, that is such a dad That's such a dad joke. I am a dad, and worse yet, a grandpa. It's a grandpa joke. If you're a, a grandpa, I expect you to respond better. You, you guys are excused from appreciating that at all. But <laughs> Log in. But... As common as logging in is to logging in, I would offer to you that logging in is to our behavior in view of others. And this is one of these issues that's true about original sin, is that I can't not see you through my eyes, my own perceptions. And that gets filtered by my own history, my own experiences, my own faults, my own failures, my own issues, my own concerns, my own relationships, my own mood. So when I see you, I see you through me, and maybe I see something in you that I wish I hadn't seen in me. It's all very complex and complicated. Log in. Stop judging me. Judgment-free zone. Who are you to judge me? You can't judge me. Are these people right. When we have said that, are we correct? Are we to push back on people who are making judgments and judging us for whatever reason in whatever circumstance? Are they right? Well, what does the Bible say? We're going to find that out, but first we're going to pray because this whole conversation about judgments, judgment, being judgmental is full of nuances and is multifaceted in Scripture. The Bible has a multiplicity of ways to address the nature of judgment. And we're going to try to just 
skim across the surface of those today to gain some understanding of that and how the power of Christ is made active through it all. That's our challenge. And as I put this message together, I went, can I get that done in an hour and a half? I don't know. <laughs> John said I could have some extra time today. So there will be an intermission and goodies. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for the chance to bring our song to you. Thank you for the chance to bring ourselves to you. Thank you for the chance to bring our faults and failures before you. Give us insight by means of your Holy Spirit that we might understand, that we might grow, that we might practice being people who judge without being judgmental. And give us discernment to how that works in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's go to the scripture. Do not judge. These are the words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount, so pretty early in his ministry. Judge not that you not be judged, for with the same judgment you pronounced, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. That's what always bothered me. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye but fail to notice the beam, log beam, in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, or there's still a beam in your own eye? You hypocrite. Huh. First, take the beam out of your own eye. Then he will say clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now, early on, remember, Jesus is introducing himself to the, in the ministry. Sermon on the Mount is an opportunity to kind of address the masses. So... He's addressing a fundamental issue, and that is how I get in the way of seeing you. Now, that influences my behavior, my acceptance, my own acceptance of what God offers for me. So yet, the very next verses in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus asks us to make judgments. He says, don't judge, but then lays before us an opportunity to make a judgment. Do not give dogs what is holy. Do not throw your pearls before a swine. If you do, they may trample them under their, their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. Ow! Strong, harsh language. Now, I've been told, don't judge. But make sure when you spot dogs and swine, that you don't take your pearls. And the pearl is a symbol of the gospel. It's a metaphor for the gospel. It's found throughout the New Testament about the pearl of great price that was sold and bought the field. And so a pearl is that gospel message, the sweetness, the preciousness, the holiness, the purity, the whiteness of it. Don't throw that before pig. What does that look like to throw your gospel hopes and dreams and loves and likes before dogs and pigs? How do you know when you... Got a dog or a pig. So Jesus says, don't judge, but you better make some judgments. Huh. This next one is the is this, uh, video. Is that right, man? Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to show you, a, introduce to you, give to you a uh, video. It's a little bit long, four to five minutes, I think, around five minutes. It's going to be the rest of the sermon, so I, no, it won't be. 
It's from the Visual Bible. You ever heard this, John? The Visual Bible. It's a word-by-word video of the Gospel of Matthew. And you can see where they're at in the Gospel of Matthew because in the bottom right-hand corner, there's this scripture and text. So it's only words. Now, all the scenes and the context is interpreted, of course. And the Jesus character is one of my favorites. There's lots of Jesus characters out nowadays, aren't there? It's Bruce Marciano, who is a regular actor guy who wrote a book after he played this role of Jesus that convinced him, oh, I got to get more of this Jesus. <laughs> it was really quite interesting. So I background. So it's Bruce Marciano, who is toward the end of the Gospel of Matthew, and in the context in Matthew 22, the Herodians have challenged Jesus, the tension is rising, the the uh, Sadducees have challenged Jesus, the Pharisees have challenged Jesus, and the tension is rising. Jesus is no longer hiding or roaming out on the, on the coast. He's getting in their face in a big way. What I want us to take a look at is this interpretation from the visual Bible of Jesus as played by Bruce Marciano to the woe of the Pharisees. Jesus actually then makes some very harsh, bold, passionate woes, judgments. Some would offer is judgmental, but I'll let you decide and discern that. Let's watch this together. And we're picking it up after Jesus is finally separating himself from anything to do with the Pharisees and basically hitting the tripwire for the crucifixion. Watch how this unfolds. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law. Justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides! You strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish. But inside, they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee! First clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Woe to you, teachers of the law, and Pharisees, you hypocrites. 
You build tombs for the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous. And you say, if we had lived in the days of our forefathers, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. So you testify against yourselves that you are the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of the sin of your forefathers. You snakes! You brood of vipers! How will you escape being condemned to hell? Therefore, I am sending you prophets and wise men and teachers. Some of them you will kill and crucify. Others you will flog in your synagogues and pursue from town to town. And so, upon you will come all the righteous blood that has been shed on earth. From the blood of righteous Abel through the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. I tell you the truth. All this will come upon this generation. Jerusalem. Jerusalem. You who killed the prophets and stoned those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you are not willing. Look. Your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. <laughs> That's what Matthew knew. He ran up the stairs to put his hand on him and says, Some of the prophets you will kill and crucify. I'm thinking, you talking about me? Was Jesus being judgmental or was he speaking judgment? That's the discernment that we're all called on to make.
I'd offer to you, and we'll kind of cover this again, but it bears repeating or weaving into the rest of the message in our lifestyle. Speaking judgment is in basically coming from heartbreak, basically coming from loss or sorrow and a desire for a family or a friend or a co-worker to experience grace and light and love. If you've had children or grandchildren or family or friends who just simply refuse and continue on their way, powerful words of judgment are necessary as curbs and calls to come back to the light. But not from a position of, you're an idiot! Rather from a position of, oh, please, please, please don't go. Please don't do this. Please don't allow your life to unfold like this. It's going to kill you and your family and your friends. So how do we judge? In the Gospel of John, Jesus says, do not judge by the appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. So that's a quote, righteous. So clearly, when we go about making judgments without becoming judgmental, we have to do so from a position of being righteous. What's a righteous judgment? What does that look like? What does that feel like? So, uh, because I always feel a lot of pressure to do the original language because of John, I've got the uh, Greek in here for righteous. It's dekaios, dekaios, for righteous. Definition, correct, righteous. By implication, innocent. By implication, innocent. Now, that's key. Just, especially just in the eyes of God. Righteous, the elect. And there's all the cognates, the uses that are there. So what we've discovered is that where does righteousness come from? To be approved by God, just in the eyes of God, righteous, conformity to God's standards. What we learn is that this stuff is not things you can invent. (laughs) That having a righteous eye to determine whether or not you will be judgmental or speak judgment is not something we discern, it's not something we work up, it's not something we think about, it's a gift we give. St. Paul said to the Romans and to us this morning, for if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through the one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness, the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So, The crucifixion of Jesus and his resurrection wins for us a righteousness. You and I get the perfect fit. When we get to eternity, we get Jesus standing here with the incredible robe of righteousness, which will slip on and everything scarlet, everything shortcome, everything fallen, everything absolutely that would destroy us and the world is gone. We're covered. And that righteousness, that robe of righteousness has actually been won for us at the crucifixion and resurrection and given to us every time we commune. We're going to commune. And when we commune, we'll be receiving real presence, bread and wine, body and blood, as a way to sustain and strengthen the grace of God within us. It is a gift. 
I just, if you've ever seen a movie you really enjoy, you know what you do with that, right? You go, oh, you, you, you gotta see The Chosen. You go, oh, you gotta see. Why? Whether it's The Chosen or whatever movie it is, uh, you see it because it moved you, because it changed you, because you had a great experience, because it made you laugh, it was funny, it was altering in some fashion or form. And you want that for another. That is the dynamic. That's the place where we determine whether or not we're being judgmental or judge. If we're being judgmental, we're trying to raise ourselves up and above. If we're, trying, if we're, being, if we're speaking judgments, we're saying, oh, don't go there. Come, come watch this. Come be a part of this. Come feel what this is like to receive the righteousness of Christ. Come feel what it's like to be totally forgiven. Come feel it. Stop destroying yourself. <laughs> you will love this too much. Do you have a family member who's caught up in an addiction? Do you have a friend who's an alcoholic? Do you have someone who just won't stop working? 24-7, always on the phone. Are you that person? What being judgment, speaking judgment says and does is an opportunity to say, look, you continue on this path, you're going to lose. You're going to die, and the people around you are going to suffer. If you don't, you'll receive what I know I've got and I would absolutely want you to have. I think that's why Jesus in this Bruce Marciano interpretation of him breaks down at the end. Uh, Mary Louise and I read some backstory on, uh, and he did not intend and plan to do that. That wasn't a part of the scripted message for the Gospel of Matthew in the Visual Bible. Bruce Marciano, the actor, uh, the actor of Jesus in this uh, little clip here, said he was so moved by the dialogue that he just fell to his knees and shed real tears. That's the heartbreak you feel for your family, for your friends, for those who are stepping outside of the bounds of God, for those who are going their own way, like the Book of Judges. And when you feel a deep longing, desire, and emptiness and frustration for people who will not respond to the grace of God, that's when you speak judgment when you're trying to elevate yourself and try to sound important and big shot and, and because you read the Bible once, you get it right. That's being judgmental. So, who are you to judge another servant to his own master he stands or falls? This is to judge within your own boundaries or your own business. When you do speak judgments, rather than being judgmental, if you want to draw the distinction, you'll stay in your own backyard. <laughs> it's important to determine the boundaries of family or work life or friendships or organizations. There's a lot that goes on that's just not our business. Who are you to judge another's servant, his own master, he stands or falls? I have found this very interesting, by the way, in terms of uh, being a grandpa as opposed to a parent. There's different boundaries, different lines, different things. So 
It's kind of interesting. I was just talking about that with our friends, Phil and Marie, who are visiting us. That uh, We've learned to behave differently as grandparents than we have parents who try to be grand. The point of that is there's lines, there's boundaries that should be respected with the words we speak. To judge within the community of faith, what business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside the church? Paul's assuming that what we want to do is make sure that the witness that we bring together is clear, is powerful, and is inviting. So that those who are outside the church really want some of this. And we have to find loving ways, invitational ways to say, look, I, I know you're struggling with this. I have struggled with this too. Or your sin may not be mine, but I stand within the circle of grace and receive the same and need the same forgiveness that you're seeking and struggling with. Being judgmental stands over and above. It's being, speaking judgments is looking them in the eye and inviting them into the, the gift of grace and righteousness from Christ. So, by way of conclusion, on the one hand, when judging stems from arrogance, hypocrisy, or a desire to condemn or subjugate, it is clearly condemned. And that's what many people feel that religion is about. It's intended to come to a place of subjugation and condemnation. Well, no, that's not us. However, judgments motivated by love, as one who is grateful to have received the gift of Jesus' righteousness, then a desire to help others grow in righteousness. That's the key. A desire to help others grow in righteousness is often necessary for the well-being of the person, the church, or the community. So what's the answer? Are we to, be, are we to speak judgments? He says, no, don't judge. He's telling us, don't be judgmental. Don't stand over the top of people and try to make yourself feel better by putting them in their place, sir. But he's inviting us to make judgments, to receive the grace, to know the power of that grace, the freedom and the light and the love of that grace, and then say to family, friends, loved ones, I just want you to have some of this just want you to experience this grace now and in eternity. I found a way to kind of remind us of this separation and this truth. And Jesus says to keep the log out, and that is get the log out, hit the log out button. That's the other end of that joke. <laughs> you know they're dad jokes when you have to explain them, right? <laughs> Go to God in prayer. Gracious Father, the log is in all too often. Unknowingly, uh, surreptitiously, uh, and beyond our reach and understanding, we become judgmental. Look down and speak low of others. Forgive us, dear Gracious Father when we are judgmental toward those around us and those we love so that we might better ourselves. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for the chance and the opportunity to receive the power and the strength and the love and the light of your grace through the crucifixion and resurrection of your Son. 
as his wonderful, dear, and powerful gift. Allow that spirit then to work within us to make invitations, to provide urgings, opportunities, to speak words of judgment out of love, care, and concern within the appropriate bounds and always for the sake of the body of Christ that we might be built up to be a witness for you in this world so torn, so broken, so hurting that we might receive your strength and give it. Prepare our hearts for the reception of your bread and wine, body and blood, your grace that can be tasted and felt and sensed that we might go to others, that we might be with others, that we might strengthen others and invite them into the same grace, light, and love. This we pray, ever confidently here in Jesus' name. Amen.